Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Story number one. Return to Darkness, written by Squiggles Story Studios. Death and Taxes. The only sure things in the world of the living, and I thought there was only one sure thing in the after. Nothing. The neurons in my brain would stop firing, my blood would stop pumping, I would take my last breath and, uh, the world would continue without me. I'd made peace with that a long time ago, I moved on. I couldn't avoid death, so why would I worry about something I couldn't change? When my time was up, it would be up. I would welcome it with open arms. But of course, that was when I thought the afterlife would be painless. I did not drift peacefully into the void. I awoke in darkness, my body cold and quivering, the ground beneath my feet hard and smooth, loose pieces of debris fell away as I tried to stand. I shivered. I was frightened and confused, where once I lay in my warm bed, surrounded by the ones I loved. Now I was alone in the dark. I wanted to scream for help, cry out to the nothingness, but I held my tongue. Something wasn't right. And there it was, shimmering like a jewel in the night sky. A light, a blessed light. I scrambled as far as I could towards it, crying and laughing as my memories recalled so many ways to, say, head towards the light. Its shimmering splendor burned my eyes. I ran until my feet could carry me no further, and I collapsed at its walls. Stones carved crystal and mortar of gold, the light soothed the terror of the darkness had instilled in me. It was a fortress more magnificent than I could ever have imagined. I reached out to touch its wonder and paused when I saw my hand. My skin was stained pitch black, as though I had been dunked in ink. I turned to the darkness. Something slithered across the ground, creeping out into the light. Eyes glowing like a golden fire, teeth dripping with blood. Talons crunching with the loose stones, its skin as dark as mine. I found my voice. I screamed against the walls of light, begging, crying for help. I beat those crystal stones in vain, hoping against all hope I would be saved from the demon charging towards my lonely self. My prayer was answered, or so I thought. An angel, clad in golden armor, soared from the heavens beyond the walls. Wings of light spread wide as they rained destruction upon the demon. Arrows burning brighter than the sun struck the abomination, piercing its scales and causing the thing to screech in agony. Its blood stained the ivory earth and I cheered the angel's victory. Until it turned its sights on me. Proud and defiant, the angel swooped, cratering the earth with his landing before me. I cowered before him, my eyes stung to look at him as he drew his holy blade, aiming for my throat. Heathen! 
The angel spat. You sully the walls, my lord God. I, I, I stammered. I, I don't understand. You only needed to accept the Lord into your heart, and you would be safe and loved within his walls. But the angel raised his sword. I felt the sharpness of his blade and the pain of his words. You turned your back to him, threw his love aside, and chose to walk the path alone. No, I begged on my knees. Please, I lived a good life. I was kind and generous. I gave to the church, I pleaded. The angel's gaze burned with a fury, but he withdrew his sword. You have one chance, the angel proposed. Recite the verse, my lord's holy scriptures, and I shall grant thee her mercy. My lips quivered. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I recited, desperately trying to remember, but I could not. The angel looked down on me as though I were less than dirt. Pitiful, he spat, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff comfort me. The seraphim then turned his back on me. Return to the darkness from whence you came. Mighty wings carried him towards the walls of light and the golden being vanished within, a single feather left behind. I reached for the feather, I held it, I cradled it gently as I wept. I begged for forgiveness and found none. I cried for mercy and received less. I swore my soul to the Lord and felt empty. I turned my back on the light, I could not bear to continue alone. I did not fear death while living. I would not be afraid to face it here. I took my steps into the darkness, clutching my feather as I sought a demon to end me. Live a good life, I whispered to myself as I walked into the abyss. If there are gods and they are just, then they will not care how devout you have been, but will welcome you based on your virtues that you have lived by. I heard the whisper of demons, the chattering of teeth, and the light behind me faded. If there are gods, but unjust, then you should not want to worship them. If there are no gods, then you will be gone. Soon, all that surrounded me was dark. The light of the feather in my hand guided me through, the demons inching ever closer, their breath upon my skin. But will have lived a noble life that will live on in the memories of your loved ones. Glory, blessed and bright, burst from my hand. The demons scurried back in pain, blinded by the aura. Within my hand, a feather changed, a blade of my own, bright and true, sung within my grasp. It cast back the monsters as I rested its handle within my hands. I gripped my teeth and I cried out. I will not go quietly into the night. Brighter, the sword burned as my heart pounded within my chest. God could not protect me within his walls, but he was not without his mercy. God helps those who help themselves. End of story. Story number two. The Heat is On, written by Loz Newman.
Jordan looked around the flimsy warehouse tent and thought about murdering the crowling bureaucrat. The sweltering heat and the blue giant sun really made it tempting. The freakishly tall alien customs officer even looked like a crow. His voice was even worse. Tough luck, you me female. On this planet, your puny earth capitalism is nothing compared to scrawk and cunning and law. Your cargo has been held until you pay the taxes. Jordan winced every time that voice scraped along her nerves. Bullcrap taxes that you made up two hours ago. I knew his jewels were too rich for him to just be a bureaucrat. I am part owner of the entire spaceport. I can do that. So what? And when your ship leaves our planet with the... Uh, ah, yes, your tail between your legs. Our cargo will be forfeit, seized, and sold off. I'll make sure my bid is the only one to be put in before the deadline. Given that the market tax will reevaluate its worth based on the new scarcity. I believe you sold your one sample case this day, yes, sir. I'll make a tidy sum. Now go away before I call the port proctors and add that to your bill. Hmm? So this is now under your control, right? If something should happen to it before I get the payment to you, I got insurance, so run away, little Huey. Hmm? Yeah. I might just do that little thing. Be seeing ya. Slightly later. Captain to ship, come in. Ship ya, Captain. Uh, what's up? Jolene's cheerful soprano was a breath of fresh air. Local shenanigans and my temper. Now listen carefully. Hold the questions. I want you to do a ship function test one hour from now. The R1 sensor system. Aim it at my present coordinates. Full power, ten minute duration. But what? Aye, aye, Captain. And give me the calm number of a really powerful and really greedy law arbiter, preferably an enemy to the scummy customs jerk. Two hours later, Jordan ambled into the remains of the warehouse tent and looked around with a carefully muted face. Hey, um, what happened here? You, you human, this is your fault somehow. The, the cargo just uh, boiled. It exploded out of the barrels. It's a complete disaster. Ah, betcha. Now your insurance is holding you responsible, right? Uh, no payout? No! Some kind of freak accident. Uh, not covered. Looks like you didn't do your research on the content. Here's my payment. Give me my cargo. Now. But, uh, I can't. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's unrecoverable. Too bad. It's your responsibility. You said so yourself. Looks like you owe me for the value of the cargo. First baseball siege approach goal 18. Predators grin. A new market tax value based on the new scarcity. But, 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 but that would, um... He checked the new value and he screeched at the top of his voice. Tell you what, I'll take your part ownership of the spaceport instead. The values are about equivalent. By the way, Law Arbiter Kraluak is listening in through my earbud. Jordan gave him a toothy predator smile. He gets to buy the spaceport off me, as a tip. But, uh, oh look, poor proctors are coming to throw you into debtors, but I expect it's really nasty down there, and I expect Kralak called them. Shouldn't have held my cargo. One hour later, Law Arbiter Kralak was the pleased new part owner of a used spaceport. Jordan looked out from checking her newly swollen credit patterns. Smiling, she looked back at the wrecked warehouse tent and mused silently, 
It really is amazing what injecting a little radar energy into a carbonated liquid in a tropical environment can do. She snorted and walked off, laughing. So, um, hold my beer, will ya? That'll teach ya. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment, just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.